Well, welcome back today as we open up to Numbers chapter 8 together. And we're going to see uh, what I'm going to call consecration for the work. Consecration for the work. And on today's podcast, I'm going to share a couple of insights from two resources I was looking at in preparing uh, for this uh, episode. I think it's really interesting some of the points that they, they draw out. So we are diving into Numbers chapter 8 today. And in Numbers chapter 8, we're going to see what your Bible may call the cleansing of the Levites or the consecration of the Levites. And we're going to dive into what that is. Um, big picture, what's going to happen is the Levites are going to be set apart for the work that God has for them to do. Set apart to literally do work in the tabernacle. However, there are several things that are going to be referenced back to. Some of the sacrifices we looked at a long time ago are going to be referenced again. And every time I look at these sacrifices, I got to go back and I got to look at a chart and I got to I got to graph out, so to speak, for myself what these things represented, because it's still something that's uh, relatively new to me. I've read the Bible through uh, a lot of times, but I didn't really understand, okay, well, they did this sacrifice, they did that. I didn't really understand the, the deeper meaning behind those. And so today, I'm excited to kind of review that myself, and, and it was very edifying for me, and I, I hope it will be very um, edifying and encouraging to you as well to see some of the connections on what these sacrifices represented and how it really applies to our Christian life today. So before we dive in, let's take a brief uh, break and we'll have a word from uh, sponsoring and then we'll dive in to study today. For those who would like to support the work of this podcast and our other ministry avenues, you can do so by going to ryanmmarks.com and find the support tab. You also can go to patreon.com slash gen1 to rev22. As we dive in today, let's continue to focus on the mark, which is living a Matthew 6.33 life, seeking to focus on Jesus Christ in everything until he comes. All right, as we dive in today to walking through this passage together, let's begin in Numbers chapter 8. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and say to him, When you arrange the lamps, the seven lamps shall give light in front of the lampstand. And Aaron did so. He arranged the lamps to face the front of the lampstand as the Lord commanded Moses. Now the this workmanship of the lampstand was hammered gold. From its shaft to its flowers it was hammered work, according to the pattern which the Lord had shown Moses. So he made the lampstand. So here is once again this kind of... Uh, stage being set, referencing back to things we've seen back in Leviticus, back in Exodus, the, the different um, elements that were used, the uh, actual furnishings of the tabernacle. And this is referring to the lamps and the lamp stand. And I was so um, reminded in looking at this part in preparation of Revelation chapters 2 through 3 when the seven churches are referred to as lampstands. Now, I'm not saying there's any, like, supernatural, spiritual, hidden meaning here, 
The Bible does not have hidden meanings. However, there is a spiritual meaning which must be spiritually discerned. Without the Holy Spirit of God living within you, without being a believer, you cannot comprehend and understand the things of God. You must have the Lord in your life and surrendered and yielded to Him. It is interesting, however, though, that there are seven lampstands in Revelation 2-3, through and there are also seven lamps mentioned here um, in chapter 8. And so on the forefront, so to speak, of speaking of light and speaking of lamps, and you got to light those with fire, some commentators will look at this passage and say that that's representing the Holy Spirit's um, presence and the Holy Spirit's ministry at the forefront of this passage. Regardless whether uh, we, we look at that view or whether we uh, simply observe the fact that yes, there were these lamps being lit, either way it is setting the stage for what comes next. Verse 5, Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the Levites from among the children of Israel and cleanse them ceremonially. And thus you shall do to cleanse them. Sprinkle water of purification on them. Let them shave all their body. Let them wash their clothes. And so make themselves clean. Then let them take a young bull with its grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil. And you shall take another young bull as a sin offering. And you shall bring the Levites before the tabernacle of meeting. You shall gather the whole congregation of the children of Israel. So you shall bring the Levites before the Lord, and the children of Israel shall lay their hands on the Levites, and Aaron shall offer the Levites before the Lord like a wave offering from the children of Israel, that they may perform the work of the Lord. Then the Levites shall lay their hands on the heads of the young bulls, and you shall offer as offer one as a sin offering, and the other as a burnt offering, to make atonement for the Levites." Now, one of the interesting things here is we see a reference to different ones of the offerings, and we have seen some of this in the past. We have seen what some of these were for. Now, I'm not going to go over what they all represent again. We could really dive into back in Leviticus where the first part of that uh, book really outlines what that means. I think what we notice in this next passage, however, is it's clearly talking about cleansing the Levites. It says to cleanse them, and this is how you're going to do this, to make them ceremonially clean, to prepare them, to consecrate them, uh, setting them apart in this ceremonial type cleansing way, this symbolic cleansing way, in order for the work, the service that they are called to do. And so, a couple of things that we see is we see them, first of all, cleansed physically. Do we not? They have to shave themselves. They have to clean up. They have to wash their clothes. They are physically cleansing themselves and cleaning up. We also see there that there is then different offerings. There is the sin offering, the burnt offering, the grain offering, the wave offering. And it reminds me of the fact that this cleansing is how the Lord begins to consecrate us, to set us apart for His service. 
Isaiah, I uh, believe it's Isaiah chapter 6, during his call, he talks about, Woe is me, I am a man of unclean lips, I live amongst the people of unclean lips. And what does the Lord do? The Lord has that coal taken and, and, and goes and touches his mouth and cleanses him, atones for his sin and, and cleanses him. And so there's a, a spiritual vision taking place then in Isaiah's call, but much the same type of thing happens. There's, there's the recognition of our sinfulness. There's the recognition of our uncleanliness and the need not only for atonement for our sin, but also cleansing from, from living in this life that we are tainted. And even though we may have offered a certain sacrifice or something, we realize that innately in and of ourselves we cannot be clean we can wash our bodies we can do those things but we cannot spiritually cleanse ourselves we need the lord's uh supernatural work of his spirit in order for that to be reality in our lives and so we see that even in in the vision of isaiah we also see in romans chapter 12 the particular call to offer ourselves as living sacrifices to the Lord. Now, this is the new covenant. We don't offer the blood of bulls and goats and rams and, and all those different animals anymore. We are called to live a life as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Our life is our sacrifice. Now, I think that verse and that passage is going to make a little more sense, perhaps, as we go on. There's a really interesting connection here. So let's pick back up here in verse 13, and we're going to observe some more stuff. And you shall stand the Levites before Aaron and his sons, and then offer them like a wave offering to the Lord. So symbolically, they're being offered as a wave offering, and we'll, we'll remind ourselves what that means here in a minute. Verse 14, Thus you shall separate the Levites from among the children of Israel. The Levites shall be mine. After that, the Levites shall go into service the tabernacle of meeting. So you shall cleanse them and offer them like a wave offering, for they are wholly given to me from among the children of Israel. I have taken them for myself instead of all who opened the womb, the firstborn of all the children of Israel. For the firstborn among all the children of Israel are mine, both man and beast. On the day that I struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified them to myself. I have taken the Levites instead of the firstborn of all the children of Israel, and I have given I have given the Levites as a gift to Aaron and his sons from among the children of Israel to do the work for the children of Israel in the tabernacle of meeting, and to make atonement for the children of Israel, that there may be no plague among the children of Israel when the children of Israel come near the sanctuary. Verse 20. Thus Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel did to the Levites, according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses concerning the Levites. So the children of Israel did to them. And the Levites purified themselves and washed their clothes. Then Aaron presented them like a wave offering before the Lord, and Aaron made atonement for them to cleanse them. After that, the Levites went to do their work in the tabernacle of meeting before Aaron and his sons, as the Lord commanded Moses concerning the Levites, so they did to them. Now, there's a little bit more in this chapter, a few more verses, but before we get there, we got a lot to observe. 
And we even have one other thing in our previous section that I forgot to make note of, and that is verse 10. You see that the children of Israel are to lay their hands on the Levites. Now that reminds me of the ordaining of the elders um, of Timothy. When they laid their hands on him, Paul references in the New Testament, ordained him, so to speak, set him apart for this work. I reminded um, myself when I was ordained um, in the church I was pastoring, the congregation came forth at the end of, of, near the end of that ceremony, and they laid their hands on me and they prayed for me. And not that that supernaturally does anything. I was not a different person after that. But symbolically, it was a setting apart, a consecration for that work that I was called to. And that's the same type of thing happening here, uh, I think, with the Levites. And, and I could dare to say, I think so far, that's where we get our practice of ordaining. The Bible does say in the New Testament as well, don't be hasty to lay on hands. Uh, we should take this seriously. But there is an idea, um, uh, an acknowledgement of separation unto the Lord when we engage in that activity. Now we see several other things here. We see largely in this last section that we read, reference to the wave offering several times, which was an offering that referred to fellowship with the Lord and thankfulness um, to Him. But we see this large section primarily referring to separation. And that is that these Levites are consecrated, they're ordained, they're set apart unto God and His service. We see that there is atonement for their sin, the sin offering representing atonement. We see the burnt offering, uh, which represented surrender, which, hey, these things are true of our life, are they not? As believers, even now, we come to the Lord confessing our sins uh, repeatedly, 1 John 1, 9, we Confess our sins to the Lord. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The burnt offering. We are called to surrender the life of Romans chapter 12, a living sacrifice, a life surrendered to the Lord. We see the wave offering, which was a fellowship or peace offering, it's also called. And, and this was one of, of joy and thankfulness and acknowledgement of the Lord and, and, and participation in his, his bounty and goodness. We see the Lord remind the Israelites of the theological truth of the firstborn. Now, the firstborn was very important, and the first fruits were very important. The first fruits you would give in your, your tithes and your, your offerings to the Lord. The firstborn was very important, both of people and animals. And this references back all the way to Exodus. It wasn't not the firstborn that were struck. The, the pride and joy, if you will, of the nation of Egypt was struck and died because they rejected the Lord. But the children of Israel, who put the blood upon their, their doorposts, the angel of death passed over them, and they were preserved. And the Lord has said he's chosen the firstborn amongst the people of Israel, but he has, he has made a substitution where he's not literally going to go and take all the firstborns. Now, there was a whole ordeal in, in order of re observing and remembering the importance of the firstborns and the offerings and such you would make. All of that was very important. But the Lord did not take the firstborn of every single family throughout the nation of Israel and all their different tribes. Rather, he chose a substitute. The substitute was the Levites. It reminds us, does it not, of the gospel? Jesus is our substitute. He is the firstborn. He's also the first fruits of the resurrection. 
and we participate and share in that. We share in his life. He has been made the substitute for us as the firstborn. He's been made the offering. He's been made the first fruits of the life that we now share, for we've been grafted into the family, adopted because of the blood of Christ. And we as well will share in his resurrection one day. We go on here to see um, the, the repetition of the idea of consecration. And I was reminded of, of kind of this phrase that the Levites were separated first to God and then to others um, in service. Or secondly, they were um, then after being offered first to God, they then offered themselves in the service of others. And this reminded me of a passage over in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 5. I want to read this to you. Now this in context is speaking of giving, but um, it's very interesting how Paul makes the statement. He says this, And not only as we had hoped, but they gave themselves, excuse me, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So there's kind of where that phrase in my mind comes from. It's the principle that we see here. And then let's wrap up this passage and notice something else interesting. And then I want to share with you just a couple of quick gleanings that I found in some resources while preparing and study for today. Verse 23 to the end of the chapter says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, This is what pertains to the Levites. From 25 years old and above, one may enter to perform service in the work of the tabernacle of meeting. And at the age of 50 years, they must cease performing this work and shall work no more. They may minister with their brethren in the tabernacle of meeting to attend to needs, but they themselves shall do no work. Thus you shall do to the Levites regarding their duties. Now the interesting thing, and, and let me back up to verse uh, 22, which we had read before, it says this, After that the Levites went in to do the work in the tabernacle of meeting, before Aaron and his sons, as the Lord had commanded Moses concerning the Levites, so they did to them. So as the Lord had commanded, they did. In other words, they were obedience. So the summation of the consecration and all these different things they go to, the summation is obedience. The phrase, so they did. They were obedient to the Lord. Now, the last part of this chapter talks about the ages of 25 to 50, and we've looked at that in previous uh, episodes and, and a previous lesson, at least one, if not more than one, on what that represented. And I came across this really good summary. This is from a commentary, um, and he comments this particular author on it this way. So begin, quote, The Levites were to serve from 25 years of age to 50. In Numbers 4.3, the beginning age was said to be 30 years. Some take this reference in chapter 4 to apply to those who carry the tabernacle through the wilderness. They understand that the lower age in chapter 8 to refer to the service at the tabernacle after it had been set up in the promised land. Others understand the additional five years to be a sort of apprenticeship. Those retiring at 50 years of age no longer did heavy work, but were allowed to continue in a kind of supervisory capacity. These verses distinguish between work and the ministry or attending to the needs. The former is heavy work, the latter is overseeing. End quote. 
I thought that was kind of an interesting comment. Another thing that I want to point out to you comes from F.B. Meyer in his uh, book on, um, uh, it's called Our Daily Homily, and each day is basically a devotion, or each section, I should, dare, um, should say, is basically a devotion on a chapter of Scripture. It says this, Begin quote. This is interesting and instructive. The Levites were substituted for the firstborn of Israel. They were first separated from the rest of the people, cleansed, sprinkled, shaven, and finally presented to the Lord by the act of Aaron, who according to the Hebrew word waved them before the Lord. This waving must, of course, have been done in symbol and figure, but it was not enough. For that they were thus waved, they had hereafter to go in to do their service. In other words, they were called to realize, actually, that which was their position and standing in the sight of God. End quote. I thought that was a very interesting comment how he notes that. And as we close, I want to remind you of a passage over in Exodus chapter 19. And I want us to focus on this as we close in prayer. We've observed the context. We've tried to apply the passage uh, to our worldview and theologically and doctrinally and practically. Um, and now we want to pray. And so this goes all the way back to Exodus chapter 19, where Israel is at Mount Sinai. And the Lord makes this statement in verses 5 and 6 about really what the Israelites were called to. I think it's real important for us to remember this. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So all the Israelites were called to obedience and to be the Lord's special treasure as chosen people, yes. But notice they are called to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Over in the New Testament, we learn that as believers, we are all priests in Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, we've been looking today at the consecration of the Levites for their particular work. And they had duties alongside the priests to perform. They were part of that special priestly tribe. We are not on the outskirts, however, of... Um, being able to relate to them. Rather, the Bible declares that we as believers are called to be priests. We are priests of Jesus Christ. We are indwelled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And this was not only the privilege of the saints now, but it was intended to be the, uh, the what's the word I want to use, the legacy of the priests, excuse me, of the entire people of the saints in the Old Testament as well. It was the purpose that God had for Israel. Now they many times forsook that. They decided to wander into sin and idolatry and harlotry rather than consecration and purity and cleansing as priests. Brothers and sisters, may we apply that as we close in prayer today. May we be thinking of that, meditating on that, asking the Lord to help us. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you today once again for your word. I thank you for the opportunity to study with my brothers and sisters. Father, I thank you that you have atoned for us by the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that 
we can come before you with fellowship and thankfulness and joy. Father, I thank you for the continual call to surrender every day. That's something that I need to be about, that we need to be about. A fresh surrender as a living sacrifice to the Lord Jesus Christ. Many times that's hard. Sometimes it, it, it is easier, and I thank you for that grace. But many times it is a sacrifice, and it costs us something dearly to lay down our flesh, to lay down our pride, and to walk in consecration with you. Father, help us to live a cleansed life today, cleansed by your blood, and empowered by your Spirit. Separate us first unto you, and then in service unto others. Your service, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.